This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. Suella Braverman's return to the government benches has become a lightning rod for criticism of Rishi Sunak's new administration. She had been sacked only a few days prior to her reappointment, thanks to her sending an email containing sensitive information to the wrong person. Michael Gove, who has himself made a comeback as the levelling up secretary, defended Braverman when challenged by Laura Koonsberg, who was keen to share an inconvenient follow-up email. Well, I'd like to show you and our viewers something. We've been shown an email that was sent from her personal email address at two minutes past 10 that day, following the original email she sent at 7.52 containing the sensitive document. Now, in there, she says, please, can you delete the message and ignore? Now, she's obviously realised her mistake, but what does that message mean, do you think? Well, again, I don't know the details of every email that was sent and every message that was sent. But it would seem to me, on the basis of the information that you have there, that it was quite right that uh, if something had been sent in error, that the recipient should be invited to delete and to ignore that message. Now, again, I don't know the, the full email uh, chain and history, but that would seem to me to have been an appropriate thing to have done. Except she says as soon as she realised, she admitted she owned up. Now, reading that this morning, please can you delete and ignore... Do you think that is somebody who's trying to confess or is it that somebody who may be trying to cover their tracks? Because I think some of our viewers reading that might take the tone from that. It's someone who rather wishes it would go, go away. I'm sure there'll be all sorts of inferences that people can draw, but it would seem to me, on the basis of the facts that I know, that it would have been quite proper for the Home Secretary uh, to have said to the recipient of something that was sent an error, please do delete and ignore it. That is standard practice um, and I know that the uh, whenever um, an email is sent an error um, and it's also the case I think that the the Home Secretary subsequently or that morning had conversations with officials and others uh, and uh, as a consequence of those conversations acknowledged um, uh, uh, error and made it clear that she was departing from office. But Michael Gove, this isn't like sending someone your shopping list by accident. No, you know, I It's not like sending a, having that jaw-dropping moment of sending the wrong text to the wrong friend. This is the Home Secretary committing a clear security breach using her personal email. Yes, and I think that, again, I don't want to get into all of the detail because, uh, as we know, the, the, the message that was sent was intended for another parliamentarian and uh, so it's not as though it was being sent out into the ether to uh, uh, persons unknown. But uh, I don't know uh, all of the conversations that the Home Secretary had with the then Prime Minister and with the Cabinet Secretary. What I do know mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, Suella apologised for the error, resigned from office, and then when she was reappointed to do a job for which she is very well equipped and which she is completely focused on, the but, Prime Minister but, and the Cabinet Secretary had complete confidence that Suella was the right but, person for that role. The... Sophie Ridge also spoke to Gove about Braverman and brought up the issue of immigration and asylum following the record numbers of crossings across the Channel. There are reports in the Sunday Times today that she ignored legal advice that the government was illegally detaining thousands of asylum seekers at Manston Processing Centre in Kent. You know, this is somewhere where people are only supposed to stay for 24 hours. There's yes. a report of families being there for four weeks. Is that acceptable? 
No, the situation in Manston is not what it should be. Uh, but again, it's important to stress that the Home Secretary did not ignore or dismiss legal advice. The Home Secretary was balancing a number of different uh, competing imperatives. It's absolutely vital, of course, that we process people as quickly as possible. It's also important that we keep them in conditions um, which are humane. But are they humane now? Yes, but it is also the case that we're facing an unprecedented number of people arriving here uh, who are smuggled into this country by criminal gangs, and the Home Secretary is focused both on making sure that we can break that criminal network and also that we can find appropriate accommodation for people as quickly as possible. It's not appropriate, is it, in Manston, uh, for families to stay for four weeks there? You acknowledge that? Well, we want people to be in appropriate accommodation are as quickly in there, as possible. Well, the situation is not perfect. Everyone acknowledges that. Uh, we have more than 2,000 people there at the moment. But again, these are people who, having come to this country seeking asylum, when they're in Manston, their claims can be processed more quickly and more efficiently than was the case in the past. And in Manston, there are uh, medical personnel, um, others who are trained in safeguarding, in order to make sure that people are treated in a humane and civilised manner. Uh, again, uh, when it comes to finding appropriate accommodation for them to move on to hotel or other accommodation, then that is costing the taxpayer a significant sum. It's important that we get that right. And one of the things that Suella was absolutely determined to do was to make sure that we balance all of the competing concerns. Ridge also asked Gove to address a scoop by the Mail on Sunday, which claims that Liz Truss's phone was hacked while she was serving as Foreign Secretary. There's a story in the Mail on Sunday today uh, that Liz Truss's phone was hacked by the Kremlin. An astonishing story. Is it true? Well, I don't know the details of it. And uh, I do know that the government takes cyber security incredibly seriously. Do you know if it's true or not? I suspect I, I you might not know the details. Uh, uh, I, no, I don't know the full details. Um, and so, again, uh, I, I, the Mail on Sunday is a trusted newspaper. Um, but I don't know the full details of what security breach, if any, took place. What I do know is that the government has very robust protocols in place in order to make sure that uh, individuals are protected, but also that government security and national security are protected as well. According to the story, uh, they say that um, the Kremlin gained access to confidential exchanges, including about arms shipments to Ukraine, personal exchanges with the Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng, and it's also reported that there was effectively a cover-up. You know, Boris Johnson and Simon Case, ahead of the civil service, agreeing to a news blackout. I mean, should Liz Truss have come clean if this was true? Well, again, I'm sure that Liz, both as Foreign Secretary and as Prime Minister, will have followed the advice that she was given by the intelligence and security communities. Um, and uh, I think all of us have to be sensitive, particularly those of us in government, to the fact that the more that we talk in detail about these things, the more that we risk giving information to people who wish this country and its citizens harm. So uh, I'm sure that the right protocols were followed. I'm sure that more information, as appropriate, will be released. Ridge also invited the Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper to comment on the alleged phone hack. I'm interested in the story, uh, extraordinary story, on the front page of the Mail about Liz Truss's phone reportedly being compromised. And Michael Gove said he wasn't across the details uh, in the interview uh, earlier, but, but what is your response to these allegations? Well, clearly, these are very serious allegations. It raises issues around cybersecurity. It's why cybersecurity has to be taken so seriously. But also the allegations about whether a cabinet minister has been using a personal phone for serious government business. 
And serious questions about why this information or this story has been leaked or briefed right now. And all of these, I think, just go to the heart of this, raising questions about the way in which the government is not taking seriously enough national security. And, of course, the serious problem is the person who ought to be providing reassurance that the government has a grip, the person who ought to be doing interviews this morning about all of this is the Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, and she can't do that because she's still unable to answer those serious questions about her own security breaches and lapses. And that's why I think this is a problem really for, for Rishi Sunak, not simply the story this morning about Liz Truss. Sky's David Blevins spoke to the Democratic Unionist Party leader, Geoffrey Donaldson. The deadline has passed for the Northern Ireland Secretary to call fresh elections for Stormont, but Donaldson argued for more time. So Geoffrey Donaldson, the DUP won't restore power sharing and the UK government doesn't seem to know if it wants an election in Northern Ireland or not. Surely the people of Northern Ireland deserve better governance than this? Well, indeed, we want to see Stormont restored as soon as possible. And actually, I don't think an election takes us closer to a solution. So why not use the next few weeks to double down on getting either a negotiated solution with the European Union or bringing forward the legislation in Parliament that will resolve the issues around the Northern Ireland Protocol. But given that we're now six months past the Assembly election, there is no devolved government, is the Northern Ireland Secretary not legislatively obliged to call an election? Well, let's look what has happened in those uh, six months since the Assembly election. We've had three Prime Ministers. Westminster at times has been in chaos. There's been little focus on getting a solution to the protocol. The talks with the EU only started again a couple of weeks ago, and even then only at a technical level, not at a political level. And finally, the Green Party MP Caroline Lucas told Coonsberg why she might have a new political ally in Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson perhaps might be attending COP. And also in the Sunday Times, we have Alok Sharma, the climate envoy for the government, basically attacking the fact that Sunak isn't going and clearly unhappy with the approach they're taking. Caroline, are you pleased that Boris Johnson might go to COP? Well, I think this is probably about the first decision that Boris Johnson has made that, uh, that I think I might support. Because no, if, it embarrasses, <laughs> if it embarrasses Rishi Sunak to reverse his disgraceful decision and actually get there himself, all and good. I mean, I'm not suggesting necessarily that Boris Johnson is doing it for the good of the planet. I suspect a great deal of self-promotion is going in there as well. But let's take it. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Harbin and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily Evening Blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs> <laughs>